All right, welcome back to our tens of thousands of followers. We are Wagers. Wagers coming off of a week hiatus due to unforeseen circumstances related to um, family events, which I'm sure all of you out there can uh, attest to that sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day. But we are back, and this is a special edition. So all of you out there listening know that um, I am a Jet fan, my co-host John is an Eagle fan, and I am your co-host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and of course, John the Eagle fan, John the Hedgehog Donneth, also joining me again, and we are now in week number six NFL, if you can believe that. Boy, how time flies. And again, this is a special edition because John and I are going head-to-head this weekend at MetLife Stadium. Jets versus the Eagles. Right now, the line is only sitting at six and a half in the Eagles' favor. Over-under is 40 and a half. Eagles are undefeated. Jets are two and three, coming off a win against Denver. And here we go. Uh, I will tell you this. And I know John knows this stat. The Jets have never beaten the Eagles in the regular season. They are 0-12. Um, the line, as I said before, is 6.5. If this was 7.5, my perspective would be a lot different. So I think you all know in advance where I'm going with this game. Um, Eagles sitting at 6-0 six and, six and or 5-0? and 6-0. and Maybe we are in... No, five no, and five no. Five and no. Jets have taken Buffalo and Kansas City to the wire this season. So that two and three record, a little bit deceptive because they have played well against good teams. And again, they're playing, if not the best team in the NFL, the second best team in the NFL. It's a kind of a crapshoot between the Eagles and San Francisco right now so i expect a good game i expect a low scoring game but this game is going to be all about the run game the eagles have the number one rush defense but Brees hall has been nothing but short of a beast coming off of acl surgery 177 yards off of 22 carries and a touchdown last week against the broncos this is that wasn't and he had a huge run i believe of about 72 yards for for his touchdown, and this is not the first long run that he's had all season long. He's broken off a couple of these this season, and my hope as a Jeff fan that it happens again, but we'll see. Um, And on the other side of the ball, the Eagles have the number two rush offense, and this will be against the Jets' rush defense, which is ranked number 29 in the NFL, with the Eagles' rush offense led by DeAndre Swift, who I still can't believe that the uh, Lions let him go. Great pickup by the Eagles. He's got 429 rush yards already on the season. Uh, I'm sorry, 439 yards rush yards on the season, along with Jalen Hurts, who's got 206 rush yards. Um, key to the game is for the Jets to establish the run. And I know they're going up against the number one rush defense, but that combined with Zach Wilson not having any turnovers, no interceptions, no fumbles, 
that'll keep the Jets in the game. I know it's a lot to wish for, um, but I think given what the Jets have done against better teams, this is going to be a relatively close game. But I think it's going to be a touchdown game. And I think it's going to be a touchdown game in favor of the Eagles. So with the line being six and a half, unfortunately, and I hate to say it, I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to lay the six and a half points. I don't believe the Jets are going to win this game. I think they're going to lose. It's going to be tight. I'd probably take the under in this game, given the fact that both teams have excellent defenses. Um, So give me the Eagles laying six and a half points. Three props, they're all going to be of the same ilk. All rushing props. Give me Brees Hall, 54, over 54 and a half rushing yards, minus 125 on DraftKings. Give me Jalen Hurts, over 44 and a half rush yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And DeAndre Swift, lastly, over 66 and a half rush yards, minus 120. I did see today, as an update, no Darius Slay, no Jalen Carter, for the Eagles, does that make a difference in this game? I don't think it makes as big of a difference as it may make. Um, and so I still see the Eagles coming out on top and winning by a touchdown. So, John, give me your rosy outlook on the Eagles probably destroying the New York Jets today. Or yeah, tomorrow. Well, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if the Eagles are going to destroy the Jets. Uh, the Eagles really haven't even after last week's big win in Los Angeles over the Rams, haven't really destroyed a team yet. The Eagles really haven't put together an entire, uh, you know, wire-to-wire performance yet, and yet they're still sitting here at 5-0, and so they are in good shape. But I do think the injuries to Slay and Jalen Carter are important um, because for, uh, Brees Hall's uh, over-under uh, for rushing is 54 and a half rushing yards and I was actually going to pound that one because again the Eagles do have the best rushing defense in the league they haven't given up more than 52 yards to any running back yet this year um but I think with Jalen Carter out I think that changes the the analysis a little bit and it sort of makes sense to me that the Jets would try to rely on the the run game even if you know they're not getting big chunks of yards if nothing else to grind the clock a little bit and keep the Eagles offense you know off and with no Jalen Carter I could see Brees Hall potentially hitting that 54 and a half number I don't I don't love it um, but that would keep me at least away from taking the under Uh, again Jets coming off a big win last week, 10-point win over the Denver Broncos, the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game. Uh, Eagles coming off a 23-14 win over the Rams. Uh, I do like the Eagles in this game. I expressed before the the we started recording, I expressed my surprise that the line was still only sitting at 6.5. That's an Eagles line all day to me. I'll take the Eagles and give the 6.5 on the road because I do expect the Eagles to come away with the win here. I do think they are the the more complete team here, uh, and it boils down to I just don't believe in Zach Wilson. Uh, also, uh, I think the Eagles here, oddly enough, last two weeks, no turnovers for the Eagles' defense, um, and I expect that to change this week. If nothing else, nothing else, the law of averages and the law of Zach Wilson leads me to believe that the Eagles are going to get a couple of turnovers here. Their pass rush was really effective, uh, especially in the second half last week against the, against the Rams. I expect that to continue this week. Uh, I expect an ugly game, uh, possibly some rain. 
you know, uh, some turnovers here and for the Eagles to come out on top and cover the six and a half dovetailing with that. I'll go right into my first prop. That's Zach Wilson rushing yards. He's averaging 16.6 rushing yards a game this year on DraftKings. The over under for rushing for Zach Wilson is 11 and a half rushing yards at minus 120. Uh, I expect Zach Wilson to feel the pressure from the Eagles defensive line, the best defensive line in football this week. Uh, notably Hassan Reddick, who had a quiet start to the season after having like 17 sacks last year, uh, had two sacks at the end of the game against Matt Stafford last week. He had a hand injury uh, earlier in the year uh, and some surgery, and he just had the cast taken off his hand. So uh, the expectation is that that's going to improve his sack numbers. Uh, so I could see Sack Wilson getting flushed out of the pocket, hitting this rushing prop. Uh, second one I love, uh, Dallas Goddard, over 36 and a half receiving yards. I've been pounding the Dallas Goddard uh, over on receiving every week this year uh, just because I believe in Dallas Goddard's talent, and he had a slow start to the year that I think was just sort of the law of averages. The Eagles have this thing going on right now where they sort of have three superstar pass catchers, Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith. Uh, and so far this year, it seems like the, the offense can only support you know, two at a time from a betting or a fantasy perspective. And Dallas Goddard was sort of the odd man out the first few weeks. But the New York Jets give up the sixth most, sixth most receiving yards to tight ends this year. Dallas Goddard's uh, over-under is still only 36 and a half. He was well over, of, well over that number by averages uh, last year. He had 117 receiving yards uh, last week. And with the Jets being so strong on the outside with DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, I could absolutely see the Eagles relying a little bit more on Dallas Goddard down the seam. So give me the Dallas Goddard over 36 and a half receiving yards. Uh, here's my third prop. This is just sort of a gut play right here. And it's Devontae Smith over 52 and a half receiving yards. Uh, the Jets, again, they are good on the outside. I acknowledge that. But overall, 14th against the pass. So it's not like you can't throw against the New York Jets. Devontae Smith, again, had an up and down year, lending itself again to that whole thing I mentioned earlier about the Eagles having multiple, multiple talented pass catchers. He's still averaging uh, over 58 receiving yards a game. And he just had his worst game of the year. One catch for six yards last week against the Rams. Uh, I do expect this to be a squeaky wheel game. Uh, I think the Eagles want to keep their big guys involved. So I'm betting every single week where we have one of those three has an off week. I'm hitting the bang in the over for that receiver the next week. That's what I'm doing with Devontae Smith. So that's what I've got on this game. The Wagers Ragers Bowl, if you will, at MetLife Stadium. The Eagles taking the trip up the turnpike to... Uh, battle the New York Jets, but I think the Eagles go up there, come away with the victory. Uh, not expect, not actually anticipating a blowout here or anything, but I do expect the Eagles to cover the six and a half, win the game, and I'm taking the over on Devontae Smith, over 52 and a half receiving yards, squeaky wheel game, over on Dallas Goddard, over 36 and a half receiving yards against the sixth worst tight end defense in the league. Uh, and lastly, Zach Wilson, over on 11 and a half rushing yards. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I do like your props. I'm not sure that I, I'm going to go with you on the Devontae Smith over receiving yards because the Jet corners are really exceptional. And I, I get it that they're, you know, the 14th ranked um, passing defense. But um, overall, I agree. I think Zach Wilson's going to be running for his life a little bit. 
So that over on rushing yards, I do, do like a lot. And I always love Dallas, Dallas Goddard on receiving yards. And if they're not going to pass to A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith because D.J. Reed and Sauce Gardner have the wideouts covered up, I can definitely see Dallas Goddard going over that, uh, I think it was 36 and a half. Yep, that's right. Uh, receiving yards. So, yeah, I do like those two props. Listen, I, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, you know, the Eagles pulled out a win in overtime against the Commanders. And the Commanders got blown out, blown out at home by the Chicago Bears, the lowly Chicago Bears, and they gave up 40 points. So I think it's going to be a close game. I just, I can't see and I can't have faith in the Jets to win this game against a team that just went to the Super Bowl that is now undefeated again for the second year in a row starting off the season. I just can't see the Jets winning this. And six and a half points. It's just not a lot. I was surprised. I thought this game was going to be seven and a half or eight points or maybe even, you know, as we talked about earlier, creeping up to double digits. But the Jets defense is going to keep them in this game, I believe, today. I really do. Uh, I mean, tomorrow. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Listen, I, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope the Jets win this game. But, yes, it is the Wagers Ragers Bowl, and I will be present in the stadium Tomorrow afternoon at 4.25. So let's see what happens. I wish you bad luck, my friend. And uh, <clears throat> we one will... more quick one more quick thought, too. Um, number one, I wish I could join you uh, at, at the Jets-Eagles game tomorrow, which we have in the past and had a blast. Uh, can't make it tomorrow because of family obligations. So I hope you have a blast, you know, win, lose, or draw. Also, with Darius Slay out, I would also... Uh, take a look at Garrett Wilson with the over on 52 and a half receiving yards. So not something I would have looked at before, but with Darius Slay out, no Avante Maddox, Eagles secondary has had some problems. So take a, I would also take a look at that uh, Garrett Wilson over on 52 and a half receiving yards. I believe in that too. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Zach Wilson has a tendency to throw the ball a lot to uh, tight ends, especially uh, Conklin. It's just because he holds the ball too long back there. If he's one, two, you know, one, two, throw the ball, one, two, throw the ball. Um, I can see Garrett Wilson on some slant plays and uh, and going over that the yardage uh, of, uh, fit, what did you say, 52 and a half is what he's at right now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's not a bad, that's not a bad prop to look at. All right, so we move into our second games. Uh, and I am taking a barn burner here. I mentioned the Commanders before. I'm taking the Commanders game again. Atlanta is at the Washington Commanders. And last week, as I said before, the Washington Commanders got blown out by the Bears at home, 40-20. to 20. How do you give up 40 points to the Chicago Bears? I just don't get it. Washington started off the season 2-0, and and now they're on a three-game losing streak. And again, they're, they're performing last week was just absolutely putrid um atlanta is going it is going into this game after coming off of a win on a game-winning field goal versus the houston texans and i gotta tell you i'm actually very impressed with the texans with uh cj stroud as their quarterback i think they're an up-and-coming team they're going to be better in years to come i mean this year i don't think that they're going to be a team that's going to make the playoffs but they're not a bad team and atlanta beat the Falcon, I mean, Atlanta beat the Texans last week on that game-winning field goal. 
And they're coming into the season right now. They're three and two, while the Commanders are two and three. Um, last week, both of these quarterbacks for both these respective teams, Atlanta and Washington, had their best games ever from a passing perspective. Um, they both had career highs. But, you know, watching Washington, Sam Howell just holds the ball for way too long. I can't believe that Washington went into the season with him as their quarterback. You know, granted, he had a he had a good passing game from a stat perspective last week, but he holds the ball for way too long. And the Falcons defense just seems to be a lot better than it was in past years. Um, this is the first time since 2017 that the Falcons um, have a chance to go two games over 500. I can see them winning that NFC South division because I just think they're the best team there. I mean, I know Tampa Bay is having a pretty decent year, but, uh, and the Saints are, are, you know, beat the lowly Patriots last week, but I can just see that Atlanta seems to be the more complete team of that division. Do I think they're going anywhere? Even if they make the playoffs, I do not. Now, while Desmond Ritter has been sacked 16 times in the first four games, Atlanta did a much better job of protecting him last week and the offensive line gave up zero sacks on the other side of the ball Howell Sam Howell was sacked five times last week in their lowly loss to the Bears uh so the Washington commanders defense has just been terribly underwhelming I believe on their defensive line they have at least three if not four first round draft picks and they just have not been playing well. So with that being said, the line right now is two and a half points with Atlanta giving two and a half. The over under is 42 Atlanta's on the road, but I just can't have any faith in the commanders, especially how they played last week against the bears. And I know that they took the Eagles to overtime. I think that was sort of a fluky game. I think the Eagles probably should have won that game. Um, hands down, without having to take it to overtime. And to me, I think the X factor in this game is Bijan, 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 all day long. The rookie sensation running back, Bijan Robinson, out of the University of Texas for the Atlanta Falcons, has had just a phenomenal rookie season. And I believe he's going to run all over the place against this Washington defense. So give me Atlanta laying two and a half points at Washington. That's my pick this week, my second pick this week, um, and it's Atlanta all day long. I think they win by – they don't win by three. I think they're going to win this game probably by ten points. So give me Atlanta all day long at the Commanders. I got three props for you. Two of them involve Mr. Robinson. Give me Bijan Robinson over 68.5 rushing yards. Give me Bijan Robinson combo over 97 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I know he didn't hit those marks uh, last week against the Texans, but I think he's going to have a big game this week against Washington. And lastly, Pitts, the tight end from Atlanta, had a huge game last week. He was more the focus of the offense. Give me Pitts over 32 and a half receiving yards. Those are my three props in this game Atlanta and a whole lot of Bijan Robinson. Any thoughts on this game, John, before we hear about your second game? Yeah, just real quick. Uh, saw a lot of uh, stats floating around this week about Desmond Ritter 
being better at home than on the road. Of course, he had over 300 yards passing last week against the Texans. I kind of like Desmond Ritter over um, on passing yards this week. His passing prop is only 202 passing yards. Only it's His passing prop is only 202 passing yards at home. He had 329 last week against the Texans. But I also kind of like his combo yardage, uh, which is 215 and a half. Uh, he's been averaging about 11 rushing yards a game, so you throw that on top. Um, they also added Van Jefferson in a, in a trade this week, improving their receiving core. So at home, uh, I could see Ritter hitting that 202 mark and the over on 215 and a half uh, rush, uh, passing and rushing. Yeah, I mean, so the stat I heard on Ritter was, I think he's undefeated at home, not only in the NFL, but I think combination between him playing at Cincinnati and the NFL, I don't think he's lost a home game between college and uh, the NFL and games that he started. So that passing prop is pretty low, especially given what he did last week. And with the way the Washington defense has just been underwhelming, not a bad prop to take at all. Yeah, they're John bottom. Talk. Washington is bottom 12 in passing defense. So, and it's it's not that I think all of a sudden, hey, you know, that he had a nice game against the Texans last week. Desmond Ritter is the Falcons quarterback going forward. I'm still not sold on Ritter, but just like you said, that number is low enough where I'm easily going to take it. Yeah. All right. So, what's the second game you got? Second game, another barn burner: the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams only favored by seven points again with the touchdown this week. Uh, Rams lost at home last week to the Eagles, like I said before, but they did get Cooper Cup back, uh, and that offense just looks dangerous if the offensive line can give Matt Stafford any time to throw it all between Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, and others. The Rams offense is stacked. The good news for uh, Rams betters is that the return of Cooper Cup, who was thrown directly back in the fire, did not mean that Puka's numbers came down. He had another great game last week. Uh, the Cardinals have been, you know, sort of a feel-good story this week and this week, this year in the NFL, uh, culminating in a couple of weeks ago when they had that big win over the Dallas Cowboys. Really felt like they started to come back down to earth last week in a loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this week, uh, it's getting even worse. You know, they gave up 34 points to the Bengals last week. It looks like the Cardinals are probably going to be without both of their starting safeties. Uh, Buda Baker is still on IR. Uh, Thompson is uh, looking like he might be doubtful to play. Um, Arizona, the defense sort of falling apart now. They've allowed four straight opponents to score 28 points or more. And no one, no one in the NFL allows more red zone trips than the Arizona Cardinals do more than any team in the league. Um, I think the, you know, the Rams sort of a surprise team after a down year last year, but that's what happens when you've uh, got your quarterback, Matt Stafford close to a hundred percent. And you add back, you add in the uh, unexpected addition of Puka Nakua. Uh, I like the Rams to come away with the victory here. I like the Rams to cover the seven. Um, I think the, the, uh, Cardinals who have played like a plucky team this year. I think the numbers tell the tale that the defense just can't hold other teams down. Uh, and I think in this case, we have a Rams offense on the upswing re-energized by the addition of Cooper cup um, last week. And I think the Rams are going to go on a little bit of a run here, starting with um, 
a win over the Cardinals. I actually think this is a double digit win for the Rams. Um, I think Josh Dobbs, the quarterback who was added to the roster about a week before the season began, is going to be coming back down to earth as well. He's where I will start with my props, Joshua Dobbs. Uh, he is averaging 28.4 rushing yards a game. So, you know, I love my quarterback rushing yards. His prop this week is 19 and a half rushing yards. Give me the Josh Dobbs over uh, 19 and a half, you know, nine yards below his um, season average. Uh, Puka Nakua was very uh, pleasantly surprised to see how he did uh, last week, even with the advent of of uh cooper cups return he's at 65 and a half receiving yards is his uh receiving prop this week um like i said cardinals not a great passing defense um i think they're going to give up some yardage and some points here puka nakua has been over this number every single week this season including last week even with cup back so my next prop kind of going against the grain a little bit here so the one receiver who seemed to suffer a little bit with um, cup coming back uh, is Tutu Atwell. So the other small receiver uh, for the for the uh, Rams here did take a bit of a backseat, only two catches. But I was encouraged to see he still had five targets and his reception prop this week. So not receiving yardage, but his receptions, three and a half catches. So you need him to get four catches. He had five targets last week. And I admit it. I'm getting seduced by the juice a little bit here. So the over on three and a half catches is plus 135. Uh, and it's too sweet for me not to take. So I'm going to take Tutu Atwell over three and a half catches at plus 135 as well. Uh, last one, cheating a little bit here. Um, I mentioned earlier that the Cardinals are likely to be without both starting safeties. They are also likely to be without their starting running back, James Conner. Um also, I should note, Marquise Brown also missed some practice this week with an illness, but I think he was a limited participant on, on Thursday. Emmanuel DiMarcado, uh, DiMarcado, I'm probably saying his name incorrectly here, 37 and a half rushing yards at plus 100. Uh, you would think that the Cardinals would want to try to keep the Rams offense off the field, and that would mean, you know, running the ball. I've already taken the Josh Dobbs over on 19 and a half rushing yards. I think I'll take the over on DiMarcado over 37 and a half rushing yards. Not, you know, it's a basically one of those things. Who else is there in this case, which is not the greatest process in the world, but a plus 100, I think I'll take it. So I think the Rams win this game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's double digits. So I'll lay the seven, no problem. The props I like, I, I, I like Puka Nakua to keep it going over 65 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Stafford was continuing to look for him deep last week. Joshua Dobbs over 19 and a half rushing yards two two at well, just a gut feeling here over three and a half catches at plus 135. And lastly, who else is there? DeMarcado over 37 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, I like the Rams in this game, especially given that Cooper Cup is back in the fold. Uh, they're playing at home. I know Arizona's, as you said, is kind of like the feel good story given their win over the Cowboys, but I just can't see Arizona winning this game. Um, I think even though they lost to the Eagles last week, the Rams played fairly well. I think this is going to be a pretty easy win for the, for the Rams this week, especially at home. So I'll take the Rams. I'll lay the seven points along with you. We're in lockstep on this game. The one prop that I'm going to throw out there, and I always have to throw this out every weekend that we do this pod, 
Give me Matt Prater over one and a half field goals. I don't believe that the the uh, Cardinals are going to generate enough offense to score touchdowns. Will they get close enough where they can give their kicker a chance? I do. So give me him over one and a half field goals minus 105 on DraftKings. So I think that wraps up our analysis of our games for the NFL this weekend coming up tomorrow on Sunday. Before we get into the last phase of our podcast, which is always our tracks of the week, I'm going to give you a Big Ten flavor of three college football nuggets, one home favorite and two road favorites. Maryland has been playing excellent football all season long. I know they lost last weekend, but give me Maryland at home against Illinois, who is terribly unimpressive. Maryland is only laying 13 and a half points. Give me Maryland at home to blow the doors off of Illinois uh, today. My two road favorites are the top two teams every single year in the Big Ten. That's Ohio State and that's Michigan. Ohio State is at Purdue, and they are laying 18 points. Give me Ohio State to have an impressive win on the road against Purdue, laying 18. And lastly, a game that I wasn't terribly sure of, um, only because I Indiana had given Ohio State sort of a run for their money a bit at the beginning of the season, and they're home against Michigan, but Michigan has just gotten better and better and better every year. They – um, had a big win last week. So give me Michigan. I know it's a big total. I know it's a big line. Give me Michigan laying 33 and a half points against Indiana. Money is going on Indiana. And I will tell you that because I looked at this line earlier this morning, probably about an hour ago. It was 34. It's down to 33 and a half. Maybe try and wait it out a little bit. See if it comes down a little bit more. But if not, take it at 33 and a half. Michigan blowing out Indiana in Indiana. And those are my college football nuggets, all with a Big Ten feel. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it is homecoming at Rutgers University, the greatest university in the entire country, if not the world, where both John and I attended and graduated from, maybe uh, in my case, uh, barely graduated from, but we both graduated from the greatest university in the world, Rutgers, and they are at home against Michigan State, a, a university, a football program, a team, a coaching staff in turmoil. After the firing of Mel Tucker, they have been putrid. Uh, they have an interim head coach, and Rutgers is at home. I don't know what the line is because in New Jersey, although we can bet online, they don't allow you to bet on amateur sports, but I would love to see Rutgers and they better win this game because it is crucial to them getting into a bowl game. So go RU against Michigan State. John, lead us off with our tracks of the week or any comments on any college football action you might see. Well, that's a lot of Big Ten goodness, man. I can't wait to follow follow you on some of that. Although 33 and a half. Whew, I know it's college, but that's such a such a steep. A uh, fat, juicy slice of points pie to lay, but um, the rest I'm definitely with you on. I got to think about that one. Yeah, I think that, I think Michigan's going to go up twenty-one nothing in the first quarter. That's what I see, and then it's just going to be a blowout from there. But we'll see. All right. So <laughs> my track of the week this week, uh, another fun housey tech house song. 
from an artist, Mal P, who's just been killing it this year. Absolutely killing it. He's a young dude from Amsterdam. Uh, I'm going with his track right now. It's number one on Beatport. That is Dress Code. Just one of the hottest young artists out right now. Was supposed to get to see him at Electric Zoo if uh, the night that I was going to wasn't canceled. So that's unfortunate. But it's a dope song. Mal P, Dress Code is my track of the week. Love it. So I'm going back to my roots of trance, which for all the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of listeners out there know that I am a trance addict. And I was watching a uh, replay of Paul Van Dyke playing at, I believe it was Nature. uh, And he ripped off a track from 2016 called Inscribe by APD. And it was the Giuseppe Adovani remix what a track i mean i could have listened to that all day long it is just a banger and so that's my track of the week inscribed by apd the giuseppe adovani remix So that concludes our podcast for this week. The Wagers Ragers Bowl on Sunday afternoon at MetLife Stadium. Again, I wish my compadre bad luck. I hope the Jets pull out a victory, go into the bye week at 3-3, although it's probably highly unlikely. But we shall see, and we shall be back next week for week seven of the NFL. I will have two different games because the Jets will be on a bye. I don't believe the Eagles are on a bye next week, so John will have his Eagles analysis. But again, we'll see you next week. And as we always say, may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We shall see you next week. Please tune in as you always have. Adios. Later.